0: Great Southern Brain Fart. This time around, I am super excited to have the amazingly talented Dorian Sorio, who has since 2011 been known best as the guitar player for Swedish rockers, Blues Pills. Dorian recently recorded and released an EP of folk music called Hungry Ghost. And I am just excited to have him here to talk about music, to talk about the solo album, to talk about Blues Pills the weather, whatever it is he wants to talk about. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, Dorian, welcome uh, to Blow and Win with the Great Southern Brain Fart.
1: Thank you. and th- Thank you very much.
0: And thank you for not uh, being scared off by the website name.
1: <laughs> oh, oh man! I love it. <laughs> I get a great vibe from it. It's awesome.
0: Well, I am so glad. I am so glad. So, well, uh, obviously, you know, um, uh, I have a long history with Blues Pills. I've been fo- I've been following you guys since the very beginning. Uh, yeah. Since I first heard the Bliss EP, and mm-hmm. ever since then, have been a. Oh, oh, I guess I could say I'm a blues pills addict. <laughs> oh, wow. well, you know,
1: so. it's, it's better than other addictions, believe me. You know, it's awesome. Thank you.
0: You know, you know and uh, I have obviously, again, followed you guys very closely, you know, and I've been, a, you guys have, uh, you know, as a band have released, you know, quite an impressive catalog of music ranging from anywhere from, you know, studio EPs to live EPs to a, uh, an amazing full length live album album live in paris um you yeah, know lady of gold lady in gold was one was one of my top albums of the year and um i was a little taken back when all of a sudden i heard uh, that you were making a folk record and i said to myself and this is coming from a guy who's who's a folk singer <laughs> himself and i'm like Huh, how, how good can a folk record be from the guy who plays guitar and blues pills? Because it's really not folky, you know? And yeah. when I listened to it, I was so blown away. Like, you really have the David Crosby thing going. So I could totally tell that, you know, there there's a lot of folk influence in there. So um, why don't we start there? So tell me a little bit about the you know the ep your folk influence and what it was that like like why why was it why was now the right time to do this
1: oh uh well i don't i don't know actually i just uh, started to do that uh it's it's very interesting because you know i'm my favorite band since childhood's been zz top so i've <laughs> i've been really rooted into uh the, the whole blues rock uh thing and the whole pentatonic shredding uh, blues guitar mm-hmm. uh, shredding quote unquote I'm, I'm uh, you know players like Peter Green and Paul Kassoff and Jimi Hendrix and all those uh, awesome guitar players but I grew uh, you know since since uh, before I joined Bluespills I, uh, I started to you know uh, listen a lot to Neil Young and um, that started things for me and then I went Way deeper into the folk music, and and uh, so you know, like Nick Drake, Tim Buckley,
0: oh, Frosty Stills,
1: and Nash. Um, there's so many uh, down to Davy Graham, uh, and you know, guitar players like Bert Jansch and John Ranburn. Mm, yeah. So that uh, and you speak
0: in my language here, by the way. <laughs> like as you,
1: <laughs> as you're saying all
0: these names, I'm thinking like. All my favorite songs by these acts.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that started to be more and more my thing. And um, so eventually I just, uh, I also started to write songs. I'm not very much of a riff uh, guy as far as songwriting goes. I, I mean, I can uh, I can do some riffs, but I just, I need a melody to to make the whole song um like something you know from scratch, right, and I just started to do that on my own and uh and yeah, the hungry ghost e p was just kind of like the four tracks uh i i I decided to record and then I just released it out of nowhere. that was kind of a a scary thing for me, and then I just started touring and um i I have a bunch of other songs that I'm very looking forward to record,
0: yeah, it was really exciting to me because like I said, when I you know. I, I know I, I tell people this I say this in just about every interview Especially or every conversation Whenever I whenever I love a band Like I want I want everything from that band Including the side projects This, that, and the other So when I saw you kind of breaking away To do this folk thing I was so like just taken back by it But in listening to that album I didn't one time think about Blues Pills Like because it <laughs> was such its own thing do you know what i mean that it uh, let, like if somebody would have played that for me and not told i would have never thought like oh that's dorian do you know yeah. what i mean which i loved so it's really kind of like this oh. other side of you that yeah. got to um i don't know it's like it got it, it it got to shine through and you got to be in control of it so in, in in a band where you don't have as much control to going to having all of the control what what kind of feeling was that for you um artistically as well
1: oh uh, scary yeah uh, you know, there was some well well liberating and and scary as well mm-hmm. to um because uh you know i'm very proud of the records and the music I've, uh, I've done with blues pills and we toured so much around those you know you it's just a, it's a repetition repetition of the same songs and slowly i just uh yeah i just wanted to do something that was yeah definitely in just my own uh creativity going through and um and for me i'm uh i'm not a rock singer i, I mean i i just uh don't have that 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 feeling i just uh it just felt very a different thing to express songwriting uh with an acoustic guitar and just mm-hmm. uh let the, all those other inspirations that are not led zeppelin and uh and uh jimi hendrix you know that are way you know way way off and much less known as well you know you don't most people don't you know if you say bertie and you know they're kind of like Bert, what? I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> he's not even the he's from some of the he he's well known still, but you know. The, the, it's just like when
0: you when you say Fleetwood Mac, people automatically assume like, oh, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. And you're like, nah, man, Peter Green, dude. You know? Exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> so there you go. And Peter Green left Fleetwood Mac. You know, he probably was bummed up.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's so funny because I wasn't even aware of that era of Fleetwood Mac until I became friends with uh, Jonathan Ram from Graveyard. And, yeah. and he, he turned. Me, yeah, him and I are good buddies. And he, awesome. And, I love Graveyard. Oh, those guys are so fantastic. They're such nice guys. And um, and like I said, Jonathan's one of my one of my good friends, and we've been good friends for years now. And um, but when I first met him, he was just like talking about that Peter Green era fleet with Mac, and I'm like I don't know that I've ever really given that a listen. And He's like, "Oh, you need to listen to the Boston Tea Party Show and all this stuff," you know. Oh, yeah. I was like, and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh no, nah, now nah, I can get behind this Fleetwood Mac." You know, this isn't the uh, the 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 other crappy radio version. <laughs> you know, this is the good yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> a totally different band. It's it's so funny. It's the same name, and yet, yeah.
0: Well, it's so funny because, yeah, it's like Journey, you know, like if you ever listen to like the first like two or three like Journey albums, they were like, mm -hmm. they were a prog band, you know, like they were a prog rock band. And then all of a sudden, you know, Steve Perry came in and they kept the name, but they became like a pop rock band. So it's like you said, it's the same kind of, you know, it was like two different, completely different entities, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, it's, it's funny, to, uh, you know, the first album, the first Blue Spills album, I remember I played on an SG, that, uh, that's uh, Jonathan's SG, I don't, <laughs> no. we don't know each other, but it's the same, uh, it's the same producer, Don in Gothenburg, and uh, uh, I was running out of guitars, actually, at that point, and so <laughs> he brought that SG, and that, that, I think it's a 69 SG. Uh, that was, uh, that was one of the best sounding
0: guitars. Oh my God. So see, this is great. So now it's all very like, you know, like cosmic. We're all now you and I and Jonathan are all connected by a guitar. <laughs> full, full
2: picture. <laughs> yeah. full, it's like circle. full
0: circle so, here. Yeah. Thanks 60, to the guitar. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind having my hands on a 69 SG to be honest, man. I bet that thing sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so how was the recording process for um, Hungry Ghost for You? Because one of the things I loved about it was that, um, unfortunately, when artists do folk albums, I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes they go so far into it where they overproduce an album that it kind of loses that essence of what I consider to be folk. Yeah. This sounds like a folk album. Like I mean this could have been like a Laurel Canyon 1969 1970 album, you know. So mm-hmm. did you go into it say, thinking like I, wa- I want I it to be as authentic as possible or was it did it just yeah. kind of ha- yeah, you did?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, w- it was produced by Zach um, in uh, in Sweden. He's got a, a studio and uh we yeah it was just the most simple and straight up uh, basically just on a one inch tape machine
0: Uh uh-huh
1: eight tracks and uh the everything's recorded uh live you know it's just me um so basically i recorded the four the, the four songs on tape uh with my acoustic guitar you know no overdub i'm just playing the songs and singing Mm-hmm. And then we overdubbed, um, you know, the vibraphone part, and and there's a bit of Fender Rhodes and a little bit of Mellotron going on. But
0: right, yeah.
1: So that's the. It's basically just me and um, and a condenser mic into a tape machine. Which I, I, I thought about, uh, you know, Pink Moon, uh, Nick Drake.
0: it's uh, oh, one of my favorite you know? records.
1: <laughs> Man, Nick, you know, I think. It, yeah, I was talking about it with my cousin uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking Nick Drake, and it's like he's. Uh, uh, it's so haunting, it's so it's and yet so simple. And I was actually, we were recording the the four tracks, and then after you know after the it just took a couple of days, and I was reading about Pink Moon recording mm-hmm. afterwards. You know after we already tracked it, and then I saw it was one inch uh, eight tracks, and I was like, oh good. But then apparently it was a. Uh, Actually, two room mics. Uh, I'm, you know, no one actually knows. Everybody's chasing that tone, right? But actually, you know, uh, uh, yeah. If you get a tape machine, you're already closer to get that tone. <laughs> You know, don't don't try too hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, you know, that's the the thing is that, you know, uh, that Pink Moon album, like, especially even the song Pink Moon, like, whenever I listen to it, like, it just sounds like it was recorded in, like, the corner of a basement. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, because it's got this real roomy kind of sound to it, but it's so... It's simplistic, and that was what I loved about um, about Hungry Ghost was that it really had that classic folk vibe to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I didn't really think about it, and looking back, I really appreciate that uh, that compliment. I have a, you know, I'm th- I have a bunch of songs for a, for a full length album, and I'd like to to have a little bit more more produced, but not not overly doing it uh, still going on to tape you know but uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's always a balance you know sometimes I want to you know I want to hear a bunch of strings you know also like the the earlier Nick Drake's which uh, is beautiful arrangements and uh, you know like I like all three of his uh, I mean I, I like all his stuff but you know the second record uh, which is uh, you know songs like Northern Sky uh.
0: And, uh, incredible you know, incredible yeah.
1: yeah, so those kind of arrangements uh I love it's always yeah, it's always tough to find a you know I'm I'm glad looking back you know the the hungry ghost um, recording it was mm-hmm. just uh the, the most straight up and uh somehow i'm uh, you know I think it's uh yeah. I'm happy looking back About the production It's just that I just want to record again That's the You
0: know uh, Yeah It's I always funny Because <laughs> cause once it, It's like It's like once that bug Especially when you do it Because so, cause, so I, I I did solo material For gosh Probably the better part of Oh gosh You know as far as recording goes, probably 15 years. You know, I mean, I've done I've done a lot of you know solo EPs over the years myself. You know, where I played the guitar and sang into a mic, but then I'd go back and layer over a bass track, or you know, like mm-hmm. a, like a glockenspiel or something, or harmonica, you know, things like that. But yeah. when when that recording bug bites you. It, it it infects you for life because you get so it's so especially when it's your own thing and that's you true. have nobody else to really answer to but yourself and you get to kind of call the shots there's something yeah. that's extremely liberating especially when you've come from a band you yeah. know
1: yeah and the, the funny i mean the funny thing is uh zach produced a record so uh, we played in the band. We, you know, he's the bass player in Blue Spills,
0: right? Right, so
1: it was a very, very different uh, we've made all those records and played all those shows together. Uh, but then, yeah, I just showed up with my guitar and um, with a few guitars, and then we did it. Uh, and then he mixed it, you know, kind of uh you know just all very quick you know i was not uh he sent me the mix i was like awesome then i went you know sent it to get it mastered and then you know i just wanted it to be on vinyl as soon as possible oh i can't
0: (laughs) uh, please hold one for me because i want one so bad
1: (laughs) oh yeah you know i'm i'm very i need to learn how to you know the business part of it is where i suck you know all my records are in a there's talk from the from the last tour. I didn't I, actually the last shows. I, I, I was gonna take the, a, a, a a flight, so then I just uh, um, gave away some records to a guy I know. Uh, uh-huh. You know, his, uh, a lady was working at a she's working at a record store, and I was like, uh-huh. "Yeah, just sell them, sell them for me." <laughs> and then we're like, yeah, how, "How do you get paid?" I was like, "Yeah, we figure that." We figure that out later (laughs) it's probably the last time i i I write a message and like oh yeah (laughs) what about those records
0: hey did i sell any records (laughs) 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 well so with So, so with zach working with you on the on the album um did, did he did he offer any input or anything as far as like or, or did he really just kind of kick back and play the role of producer And just let you do your thing uh,
1: He kind of kicked back um, Just kind of let Yeah, he let me do my thing uh, But it was very nice to have someone else's um, So he did the producer He helped me um, arranging Need to Love Mm um he did the yeah so and he played a bit of bass and uh did that stuff it was very um like um i had those songs but it was all over the you know when you have just songs and you kind of don't know what to do with them and uh he was the right person that just uh you know hit record and uh, he knows how to run his tape machines and all that stuff right um and so that that was the, um, because with Blue Spills, the records we made were really kind of produced and uh, in a very, I really like the production on, on those
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: by Don in Gothenburg. And he's a very involved, uh, like he gets very um, uh, into the, um, he's, you know, like um, there's different kind of producers, you know, and he's very producing everything to the, to where the songs should go and rearranging and building things up. With uh, with Hungry Ghost, it was just uh, yeah. It was freezing cold in the studio, and you know just to keep the guitars in tune was hard actually because I play a bunch of weird tunings and mm-hmm. you know the fret buzz and stuff. And, you know, Zach Zach would just be like, "Yeah, that guitar is just uh, sounds a bit weird, so I'll try the other one." And I was like, "All right," you know, basically anytime if i did the take one it was just one takes you know
2: Maybe See, I clock, yeah. I
1: up the first and then we'd we'd have one good take and i'd listen back and be like yeah all right that's it
0: i love that man because this it's so funny because like i said i'm such a david crosby fanatic there's a particular song and i can't remember which one it is but there's a song where he's actually playing the guitar And you can hear the beads from his fringe jacket actually hitting the body of the guitar. Every yeah. now and then, and I always thought to myself, like, what was that noise? And then I read somewhere where he, someone tweeted him about it, and he said, "Oh, they, they were the beads from my French jacket." And they <laughs> were like, what, and they were like, "Why didn't you do another take?" And he was like, "Because that was the best take, so I, we just left it in." You know, I so I yeah. love, I love those kinds of things where it just captures the. the the essence of of the moment, you know, and which I thought was what was so, you know, magnetic about this album for me was that, you know, being such a folk fan that, I mean, I easily listened to it three times in a row because it Mm -hmm. just kept going. It was, you know, it was short enough that it would just keep repeating itself, but yet I just couldn't get tired of listening to it. I just yeah. enjoyed the sound and just the rawness of it. And, um, you know, you really nailed it and surprised the hell out of me to be honest. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. But yeah, I love that. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not always easy though to, um, to just, uh, do it. And then, uh, you know, if the first blues pills record, I was overly all those guitar solos and everything. I was very, the first blues Spiel stuff and, and, and I learned from that as well. Of uh, you know, trying you, you want to do your best, yet you don't want to to overdo it because it doesn't doesn't matter. It's all about the song and, and how you you know the emotion you put through. Right. I think. I'm not a ver I'm not a radio. Uh, you know, I get nowadays. I'm I'm a little bit like uh, you know, you go to the grocery store and the the music is is going on, and I'm like I'm the I'm the guy that's, you know, I get a bit
0: sour about that. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Like, like you are like when you're walking through and they're playing some like really, really corny song over the over the speakers. And you're just like, oh, man, could they just not put something better on?
1: This? I know. <laughs> We're up all night to get
2: stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you put Crosby Stills and Nash for once? <laughs> That'd be cool. Like, yeah. or
0: or even just Crosby or like Stills or Young or, or whatever, Crosby, you know? Yeah. Any of, any of, yeah, any, the, any anything except for the crap that they're playing, you know? The,
1: the first, uh, Graham Nash, um, Songs for Beginners, have you heard that
0: one? Oh my gosh, it's, yeah, Songs for Beginners and Wild Tales are two of my all-time favorite records. And, uh,
2: another one
1: is, have you heard Terry Reed?
0: Terry Reed, The name sounds familiar, but I don't know that I've ever really listened to that.
1: He's, he's got a, he made a record called Seed of Memory
2: hmm. that
1: was, uh, produced by Graham Nash in, uh. I think 76. That's one of my whole time favorite records. Terry Reid, one of the best uh, singers. I think like one of my my favorite singers with Van Morrison, and
0: uh, I'm actually writing this down as we speak. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've been I've been trying to find that one for on records for on, on vinyl. Uh, I found it once in Belgium on tour, and then it was uh, it was very expensive. But now you know I regret it, like, not to buy it actually. What's the name of it's the a- album?
0: Seed of Memory, Seed of Memory, nice, nice. Well, I'll have to look out for it though. So, but um, no, that's great. Like I'm, and like the David Crosby album. If I could only remember my name, like I don't know if you've listened to that one.
1: No I haven't I checked that out
0: Let me just tell you If you If you 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 know I I always tell people I said I feel like Neil Young gets a lot Of the attention But man That album Is by far In my opinion One of the greatest Folk rock records Of all time Like His backing his, His backing band Was pretty much The Grateful Dead Like it was like Jerry Garcia And Um Phil Lesh on bass And um uh, Billy Kreisman on the drums, and and then of course he had you know he had Neil Young on it, he had Joni Mitchell on it, like I, it was, mm. it was, I mean it was like everyone that was part of that California folk scene at the time was.
1: What's the name of the record again?
0: If I could only remember my name.
1: Oh, that's that's a good album title as well. I gotta uh, remember that.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a classic. It is a classic. I'll, I'll be sure to send you a link to it so you can check it out. But uh, thank you. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's it, it, it's just you know like one of those albums that it's it's so hypnotic. Like when you listen to it, you just like by the time it's over, you want to go back in for another listen.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah. So. Those kind of records. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: So. It is hard for me to believe that that Blue's Pills has already been together for 8 years. You know, is it 8 yeah. years? 9 well, years? Uh, six
1: actually. 6 seven well
0: well, let me see. I'm trying I'm trying yeah. I'm trying to remember cuz the first album came out in so you put out 12, right? Well, you guys weren't out much longer before um before the Bliss EP, were you? Um,
1: yeah, i I've, I basically joined uh, on the Bliss EP.
0: Okay, so so that's what I was going to ask you. So 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 tell me about your history with Blues Pills, and because I feel like you're kind of like the you're you're the more mysterious, quiet member of Blues Pills that I want to get to know. So <laughs> like, oh So, yeah. so how well, did how did your involvement with Blues Pills begin and um and progress over the years?
1: Well, uh, I don't know. You you must have heard about Radio Moscow.
0: Yes, uh, yes, yes. Very familiar with this guy. Yeah, yeah, Parker. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so back in the back in 2011, summer 2011, I um I had my own band, and I, I was raised in Brittany, uh, where I'm where I am now. It's the it's uh, the northwest coast of uh, of France. Okay. And uh, Radio Moscow were touring uh as they did back then they, they still do they toured uh and zach and corey were were in the band it was like their actually their last tours looking back uh but my band opened for uh for radio moscow at the time about an hour away from here and uh and so uh i was just uh yeah there was just a power trio with my with my friends you know it's was just uh, playing blues pentatonic with wawa and all that stuff mm-hmm. and uh and I hung out with uh, with Zach and Corey and just yeah, uh, and that was it. And basically, half a year later, around yeah, the I just started talking with Corey and Zach on on uh, on Facebook and and they had put out the the Bliss and the Black Smoke seven inch uh, just the YouTube the, those two tracks right and um, and they. Um, they basically offered me to play. They, they invited me to play in the band. It was it was kind of very natural. They, they basically uh, Zach sent me. They had recorded the Bliss EP, and uh, but not uh, yeah. They just had recorded it, but I played the solo, uh, the guitar solos.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha.
1: And uh, that was basically my uh, my uh, you know welcome like uh, that's how i got in the band they just sent me the tracks and then
2: mm-hmm. i
1: recorded the solos uh over the worst uh you know it's actually the uh i recorded those at my uh of my like uh, a pra- crappy practice place uh <laughs> which they're always the best you know uh, <laughs> over with a like an sm58 uh oh, <laughs> Through my like, uh, like my mom's computer or something, <laughs> with the worst, with the worst uh, software you can think of. It's called Audacity. Oh yeah, know.
0: it's the, the 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 free stuff you download off off, off the internet. Yeah, the free yeah, software. That,
1: that's the tone. You know, that's the tone of my guitar on the blue <laughs>
0: that's amazing because it sounds so good though but it's like hilarious that that's a, like all i could picture is like your guitar going into like a quarter inch into the computer <laughs> into audacity <laughs>
1: yeah it was it was like straight like i like i still uh, i was you know i've always been a tone or like it was like my tone so i had like it was the worst amp, like it was a little custom hybrid amp right and just my pedal board and i just put like a an sm58 uh in front of the speaker you know and cranked cranked it up
0: (laughs) that's hilarious to me because that's because it sounds so good it's like i've been playing with my guitar tone for like the past three days (laughs) you know like on my amplifier and to hear you say that makes me sick
1: (laughs) oh yeah well i I did i had no idea what i was doing you know (laughs) yeah that's the that's that's how i joined the band and then we yeah and then yeah then we did a lot of tour or like we yeah then uh then we did uh just a couple couple small tours in uh in europe mm-hmm. to get the the word out there and eventually we that took a while actually we got the the record deal yeah we got the record deal with nuclear blast about a year after that and then a year after that again was uh the first album and then we we started bringing people to shows
0: yeah cuz i think if i remember correctly i think the first nuclear blast release was uh, the was it the it was the devil man
2: yeah ep yeah,
0: yeah. 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 and then uh, cuz you guys went from the devil man ep to the Blues Pill's debut, which I always wanted to ask, and um, I had talked to Ellen a little bit about it in the past because we've talked on and off, you know, for years online. But like yeah. one of the things I always found interesting was that the Blues Pill's debut, a you know, self-titled album for Nuclear Blast, had some of those older songs but played differently, and then even Bliss had like English lyrics, and yeah. so, uh, as as a fan of those songs already, it was hard for me to go. Oh wait, they're playing them different. I'm so used to hearing them this way. Um, what was what was the reasoning behind that that decision to do that?
1: Well, uh, well, <laughs> it was. I think it, you know the um, Elin and Zach being the most the they've been the main songwriters in Blue Spills. So the, all the lyrics and, and stuff like that, they were kind of the ones uh, along with the, I think a big reason of it was the, the producer uh-huh. when we, when we started working with Don and we basically, I guess we didn't have more songs at that time. We just, mm-hmm. uh, it was like the songs that, that were there. And, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I do, yeah, there's not really like a, a reason. It was just like a more uh, a rearranged version of of those songs for uh, for like the full length, like a full length purpose.
0: Which, yeah, which make which kind of makes sense because I guess you know it'd be kind it'd be kind of like if the original you know like the Bliss and the Devil Man EPs were kind of like. You know, EPs with, you know,
1: yeah, they were more, kind of demos too. Exactly.
0: Like yeah. Yeah. Whereas like the Blues Pills album was more of like a, like a polished, like this is the album, you know, like a exactly, a, a, yeah. a, a more polished presentation, you know, of those songs. But which ones yeah. do you prefer? Do you prefer the, do you prefer the, uh, the polished ones or do you like the more gritty ones off of the EPs?
1: Um, I think I prefer the polished ones actually. But
0: maybe really? I, oh, okay. Was, Interesting.
1: Yeah. I think, but yeah, yeah. Just cause the, um, I don't know the arrangement and the way, yeah, the way it's recorded. I mean, maybe cause I had more of a, you know, the, um, well, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm kind of, uh, I can't be, uh, what's the word? Uh, I'm biased. So yes. Yeah. I'm Cause, biased.
0: Because I also just realized, too, that this that was also your first time actually really uh, getting some musical input on those songs, whereas, like, before you had just kind of walked in, especially with the Bliss EP, is that you kind of just walked into something that was already started, whereas, yeah, like, exactly. with the album, you got kind of control over, like, okay, now I'm playing these songs myself.
1: Yeah, so, so, there, so that's probably why I think... Uh, I prefer the 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 album version and the the devilman ep was also where yeah that that we did all together Mm -hmm. um and that production wise was was the you know very raw
0: very i mean it was recorded in in a a good uh, way yeah
1: it was it was uh recorded in an old um, unhunted house actually like hunted well uh who knows but it was in the middle of nowhere in the forest of sweden there was just like it was like an abandoned house (sighs) Uh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah. I'm going to make you stop there and tell me more about this, because this is pretty fascinating. <laughs> so tell me about the abandoned haunted house that Blues Spills recorded an EP in.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, these, you know, uh, in the middle of a forest in, um, in uh, that it's like a village. Uh-huh. And, uh, and our friend just... Uh, I have no idea who actually owns that house. We never knew. It was just like a, an open house that uh, I guess his family or he knew the owner. But so it wasn't locked or anything. It was just so I just, yeah, when we walked in, the first thing we saw was a dead rat <laughs> like that. It was like a two floor house. So the first floor was just like bunch of uh, crap and like animals running around and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And uh, old, old, old keyboards and. Uh, weird music stuff and then the the second level was a little bit more livable with uh, uh, where we recorded we just set up the drums that's where we we, yeah we did we recorded the drums and the bass there Uh and then uh, we did a bunch of uh, we did the overdubs the guitars and the and the vocals that was uh, that was done in a practice in a practice place basically but the, I just yeah that that uh, I'm, I mean after that experience in the in the house like we spent a week there and um, and then I remember I left and I think Zach stayed there alone to record the bass. Ah. So feel yeah you gotta be strong for that because I remember <laughs> after after that that abandoned house experience I had nightmares for like. Like, like half a year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, Zach. I hope, I hope I see you again. <laughs>
1: but yeah, it got it got released on Nuclear Blast, and uh, you know that that uh, kick kicked things off for the band. <laughs>
0: And so, which by the way, that's a great story. By the way, um, <laughs> it, um, and so of course, you know, we get the release of the Blues Pills album in 2014, which which um, I had such high hopes for. Obviously, it did so well over in Europe. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, God, it hit number four in Germany, you know, and then, you know, like over here in the states, it just. It was like a flutter, and I was really holding out for like the Swedish invasion, you know. Like I was waiting for you guys to come over here with graveyard and just like own everybody or something, and then it just didn't happen. Um, Mm-hmm. What do you think happened? I mean, wh- wh- I mean, wh- I mean. Obviously, you said you know you don't feel like you have a, a strong head for business, but what do you think? <laughs> it what do you think it was that that kind of kept uh, blues pills from invading America, so to speak?
1: Um, well, maybe because it's hard to get you know visas and stuff like that. There's always mm-hmm. the, the. I would say. I mean. In one word i would say scarcity in some ways just uh, just the fact that i mean we were doing so well in europe we just we just stayed in europe we we, mm-hmm. we went to australia uh 2013 that was the that's the only time blue spills played uh, outside of europe and i'm i'm very surprised myself that i've never i've never stepped a foot in the united states and uh I've, i have so many you know american friends over the that i've met over the years of touring and everything that uh you know uh, which is why i can speak english but i'm i'm still myself i'm like i gotta go to the u.s at some point in my life to play music like i don't i don't care i just want to play you know i want to play my folk songs in the states now <laughs> you gotta you gotta
0: come over to atlanta man and if you come over and do a folk show uh, you know you can crash in my basement we'll go get hot dogs and eat really bad american food you know and like
1: well mexican i'll go for a good mexican restaurant
0: oh dude man i will i will send you back home 20 pounds heavier you know what i mean like
1: you will my mom will be happy i'm I'm gaining weight right now I'm, I'm i'm very i'm skinny
0: Come, come, come hang out with me I don't know if you've seen me but I'm a little bit of a robust guy man so if you you hang with me I'll fatten you up man we'll Dude, take y'all <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact my mom my, yeah, being from New Orleans my mom would probably want to cook you like a New Orleans meal which basically a, a can feed an army you know <laughs> <laughs> so
1: <laughs> let's uh, I'll show up with my mom so then our moms can hang out and then we'll just uh, we'll do
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be that'd be great. And then, and then I will just be so big that I have to buy new all new clothes again, you know. So, you know, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But, you know, but no, I mean, because I, I was always super curious as to like what, what you know, I mean being friends with so many european bands too you know especially you know like bands like graveyard um um you know, you know blues pills you know talking to ellen and um just in general you know just hearing about how the complications of you know i'm good friends with uh, uh the lucifer you know johanna sedonis and yeah. uh, um you know and just but just hearing the complications of coming over to the states obviously it has to be lucrative you know and like you you know, you have to be able to make some money and not lose your shirt but um
2: well
1: actually you know because zach being being american and uh he toured he did a lot of touring with radio moscow in the states and it's just uh from from what i've heard and uh i'm sure it's true is um i can see it on the map is that uh you guys this country is very big compared to in Europe you can tour you can do a, you can do a show in Paris and then uh, drive you know it's just like a, it's a seven hours down to Madrid or then you you know you go to you can you can do you can do shows and have like three four hours of driving and still hit big cities like London Paris uh, Berlin stock still like uh, well Scandinavia is a bit higher up Right uh, Where um, I guess In the States It's like you do Either the The west coast Or the east coast Or That's, you get, or, or you yeah. get lost Somewhere in between Which uh, Which I would like to Actually You know Just to, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just go get lost in the Midwest somewhere, and you're gonna be like, I have no idea where the hell I am. It's gonna be like yeah. death. I mean, but the, it's the truth. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, even with my band, like we talk about that a lot, and like you know, we kind of have this rule, you know, just because you know we don't do this full time, is that you know, we, you know, we'll we'll do anything within a six hour radius, but a six hour radius for us here, you know, like you said here in, here in Georgia, it doesn't get you very far. It get you know, I mean. Six hours from here is uh, North Carolina, you know? So really, you're only talking five, six major cities in a radius like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, that that that, that are actually worth playing music at. Whereas yeah. like, you know, I mean, when I watched your tour schedule for the Lady in Gold tour, I couldn't believe how many shows you guys played. I was yeah. just, I mean, I, I didn't think that tour was ever going to end. I was hoping that it would end here in the States, but it didn't, you know, but yeah.
1: <laughs> and, well, we we did have you know offers to, to go to the states here and there, but it, uh, yeah, it's the it's the whole lucrative uh, point of it, and also I guess you gotta um, you know um, that's how it is. It's a, it's a whole different market. It's a whole also you know the people we worked with uh, our, our management and label wise, you know they they have. Uh, they have their stuff going on in the U.S., but it's run—it's different people working there, and so we just didn't have the same uh, the same things going, uh, I suppose.
0: Right. Well, so it's, it's,
1: it's interesting. I, I have no, yeah, we, yeah, I have no idea how we managed to not go to the U.S.
0: <laughs> <sighs> well, well, I, I keep t- I keep telling Jonathan, you know, I said I said, can't you just like grab like blues pills or like Jess and the Ancient Ones or something and like throw them in a suitcase oh. and bring them over here to the states to play with y'all or something
1: you know? uh, next time just tell him just just bring Dorian he's got a, an acoustic guitar and uh, he doesn't even care
0: dude <laughs> did you travel just, did you travel light. look just just fly in with the graveyard guys I'll pick you up at the airport and you and me can do a folk tour you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, you know. the cool thing with you know folk music you can play shows you know it's way easier also as far as backline goes and everything like i've, I've done a, i've done a couple full band shows which were really fun uh but i've done a whole i, I opened for miles kennedy
0: oh yeah um, yeah 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 very familiar yes wow okay
1: so i did a whole tour uh, last uh it was in july uh about like, 30 dates and uh it was basically he had a full band uh, halfway through the tour, just a, actually just a rhythm section, but it was it was an awesome it was an awesome tour and it was uh, basically rock venues and uh, he's he was uh, touring for his solo record, which is also really blues based and uh, compared to Alter Bridge and. Uh, you know, when he plays with Slash and other, th- other things.
0: Yeah, he's touring here in the States now with um, my friend's uh, uh, Walking Papers are touring with him. Yeah, I don't know if awesome. Really... Yeah, so that's going to be a great... That's really cool to hear because I had no idea that that's what his uh, solo stuff was like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I I grew to to love that uh, that solo record of him, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, such he's such a, a nice guy. I've like a, uh, I've met a lot of my heroes. I've met Billy Gibbons, uh, and uh, Mouse was uh, just one that um, gave me a lot of confidence as well about my solo my solo thing because I'd never really, you know, I'd never stepped on stage singing uh, since. Yeah, like, before, uh, you know, basically before this year, you know, this is the first year I started doing that. And uh, I, I got the tour offer and uh, it gave me a lot of confidence into, uh, you know, pursuing that. Uh, and uh, it was interesting. It was very interesting to show up in, uh, you know, some, you know, about like 2000 capacity venues with just uh my my old guitar and, and my friend from france uh who was driving you know his first big tour as well we're just like yeah that was a, that was a ride
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say i mean like you know i think the biggest crowd i've ever played in front of was like 200 people man so i can't even imagine what it must be like walking out with your guitar for you know in front of a couple of thousand people you know but it, it had to be i had to be kind of go back to what you said before i'm 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 guessing or i'm betting if anything it was a very liberating experience for you
1: Oh yeah. I I mean, the first show was, I was super, um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely, it was the best shows basically, you know, like I was very nervous, but then day after day, I just started to be more, more comfortable. Mm -hmm. It was also sound wise we do because it's just acoustic guitar and I, I, I didn't bring an amp or anything. Uh, but I did have, you know, preamp and just tried to do my best as far as sound goes. But so we do the sound check and it would sound awesome, but then when the 2,000 people come in, and like in Dublin and Ireland or some countries, they like to drink a lot. So then the first, year, I was the first act, so that the you know half of them is just talking, getting a beer, and clinking
0: glasses beer. and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so then
1: I couldn't hear anything on stage, and my friend he was doing the front of house. Afterwards, we'd just be talking to each other, like, yeah, what happened, you know? <laughs> and then we're like, okay, let's try better. Let's right better tomorrow.
0: Yeah, know? let's 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 get you some monitors. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, like that. I felt like everything cut out. And as I, you know, when you're in a band, it's a bit different. You get the, you get your friends to look around and okay, we're you know when you're when you're alone on the stage and you're just like well I don't don't hear myself I don't know if they hear me but uh I guess I'm the guy on the stage
0: (laughs) you know it's so funny that was um uh when when I was doing solo shows I remember uh one of my heroes is a a songwriter from here in Atlanta his name's Kevin Kenny and um Mm -hmm. I was talking to him and Um, he was asking me how the shows were going and I told him I said oh you know I said I played at these coffee houses and I played like you know 15-20 people and they all talk and he was like and he told me he said you know what he said whenever you go out on stage no matter how many people are there he said play like you're playing to like a thousand two thousand people he's like because even if two people are just listening They're going to get an amazing performance from you. And those are the people that the next time you come back, they'll bring a couple of friends and then it'll just build. So he was just like, you know, never let an audience turn you off and just make you feel like, okay, I'm not going to play because no one's listening. He said, because there's always someone listening. So you have yeah. to kind of keep that in your in the back of your mind when you go out on stage and play that even if the majority of the crowd doesn't seem to be into it, there might be one guy like 30 rows back. That's like, I like this. You know what I mean? Like, you know,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, totally. I mean, I played. So, I mean, I, I did another tour in September. I did a two weeks tour of my, my own, my first headlining tour in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so I had no idea how that would go. And uh, it was very, uh, you know, much smaller places and, yeah, the same amount of people, you know, like 10, 15-ish, uh, a bit more, you know, for uh, for like the bigger cities. And uh, before that, I played a, I played a book festival in Sweden. You know, that was very fun because it was like, a, you know, found by the government and very proper. It was just like a bunch of old people. Like, uh, you know, I'm used to the rock and roll crowd. Of, it was just... Uh, <laughs> Just very, very old people uh, because it was a book festival. So everybody in their 60s, 70s talking about books. And so on stage, I tried to reference, you know, my favorite poet and stuff like that. You know, that's the book I know. And they they were not reacting to whatever. I was like, afterwards, I thought like, oh, you know, it's a book festival. But yeah, no. They They were just listening, drinking their cocktails and, you know, eating some food. And yeah, my name was on the bill. And yeah, I was like... I had a great time.
0: You know, it's so funny because I, yeah, I think I think the age ratio of our audience is anywhere from twenty eight to sixty five. <laughs> so it's always funny. We always try to, we always try to start our shows, you know, pretty early, you know, or try to get, you know. So it's always awkward sometimes when we when we don't go on until like ten o'clock or ten thirty, and some people go. Oh why so late <laughs> you know? yeah. And I'm like And hey it's late for me because I usually go to bed At 10 o'clock so you know <laughs> yeah, It's like know you, you know But yeah. Well so Obviously you've been touring You've been doing great with the solo thing You know blues pills wrapped up A really extensive I mean God we're talking almost two years on the road For um, oh, yeah. Lady and Gold it hit yeah. number one in Germany It, it charted in sweet, It charted in like I mean every country You know just about you know again of course Except for the states yeah. But um, Things seem to be quiet now um, What's Going on with blues pills And it, 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 are, are we on a Are we seeing kind of a hiatus From blues pills Like Whoa. well what's What's going on
1: Well, uh, I'm not, I'm not quite sure because, uh, basically I decided like, it was just like a, since I started doing my, well, I can't really, you know, nothing official, but basically I won't be, I won't be playing anymore, uh, for a while on the next record. Uh, it was not very like, and you know, it's just like,
0: did you just say you won't be playing on the next record or?
1: yeah yeah I will not oh uh, for, for some reason it just happened basically I guess they, they saw the um, the passion I had going into doing my own thing that uh, it just felt like we're not on the same page musically anymore oh uh, which um, which I have you know I'm, I haven't seen them in a long time now because um, well in a long time not that long we played a couple of shows uh, in uh, in August. Uh, it feels like a long time. When you're when you're on the road and, you know, music. Uh, August
0: to November is a long time when you've just been on the, when you've just done like two, like a year and almost two years worth of touring, you know, to like yeah. not see somebody for, God, you're talking what, August, September, October, November, you're talking five months almost, you know, that's a long time to not see someone, especially when you've seen them every day for almost two years.
1: Yeah and so but, but basically after the end of the Lady in Gold tour we decided to take like a, a year off. So mm-hmm. we did those shows this summer and so well Lady in Gold 2016 we toured for like yeah over a whole year straight and then we decided to take the 20s, last year off uh like from yeah from a year well a year from now.
0: Yeah cuz the uh, the live album came out um, in 2017, yeah. yeah, the live in Paris, right?:
1: Yeah, and so that was like the, the closure basically of the Lading gold uh, cycle. Mm-hmm. We did some shows opening for Europe in the UK. I oh, know yeah, no, that was in Sweden. We did some, uh, a small UK tour here mm-hmm. uh, But basically after that, I, uh, I, I went in a studio and recorded my EP and then kept touring my, basically my ass off up until now. And uh, it kind of came to the point where uh, where they they have some songs they based, I, I don't really know what they what they're doing up there you know up in Sweden um, but uh, as things are looking now I won't be uh, on the next record.
0: Wow, I mean, so this is this is a shock. I mean, uh, uh, wow, I'm kind of speechless. I don't know what to say because uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I can imagine you probably are too. But I mean, do you, do you think that I mean, with Zach having, I mean, Zach produced your album, you know, so obviously he knew that you were doing this. I mean, do you think that 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 they kind of just looked to you and just thought like. Oh, he's not interested in like. Basically, it's like they made the decision for you instead of you being able to decide for yourself.
2: Well, yeah.
1: I mean, it's never. I'm not. You know, it's very in the middle of everything right now for for me. Even you know, it's. A, I mean, I put so much emotion into into blue spills and everything. But it just felt like, uh, as far as songwriting goes, uh, Zach and Elin being the, most, uh, the main songwriters in Blue Spills.
0: Uh-huh. It
1: just, okay. it just felt like. Um, well, we talked about it. The next record, it was, it was like, uh, if I was going to keep on going uh, with that, that ne- next record, I would have to, compl- I would have to compromise the, the solo project. I would have to uh, basically just, just put that aside, put that as a. And I don't know if it's because I'm French or something. Um, Compromises, you know. Why compromise? (laughs) I'm getting a bit philosophical on this. No, uh, no, no. no, It uh, it totally
0: makes sense from an artistic standpoint, though, because, you know, like even, even with my band, it's kind of like an understood thing that... You know, as important as my band is to me, you know, you know, they're they're my family. They're very important to me, and and we work yeah. we work very hard and very well together. But that at the same time, there's this other side of me that artistically and kind of. Even spiritually needs to do my own thing From time to time And so you know There's an understanding there That I'll go out and I will do Solo shows or that I will Write songs that won't be For the band that would be Strictly for my own You know My own solo thing because It's not really appropriate For the band you know what I mean And so the idea of compromising, you know, making you choose one or the other isn't something that I really understand, especially when it doesn't seem to really get in the way of anything. I mean, you're taking the time off, right? So it's like, why not? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't claim to really understand myself. It just kind of, uh, that's just kind of where things, things started to, to head out where I, I just, um, went all in with, uh, with my solo project and it feels like they, um, yeah, somehow being a band, like it, it was more like we, you know, when we talked about it, that, the, in the long run it was, it would compromise, you know, I'd have to choose, put that aside and, uh, which, you know, I, I love touring, uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, somehow, um, <sighs> I don't know i did i did you know we did so many shows also together that um you know things happen too in, in in bands where you just start to see things differently um musically i guess uh what they offered me was basically like you if you if you're on the next record you're just going to be playing you know your pentatonic skills and uh and uh you know, no creative output and then, you know, once the record is out, you get a tour that for a couple of years. And uh it just felt like uh well uh I wanna be creative. You know, I'm I mean I wanna make a living playing music, of course, but you know, I'd rather play for, mm-hmm. for ten people and uh and feel fulfillment fulfillment creatively rather than playing for uh thousands and and, and feel like, you know those are not my songs or or stuff like that.
0: I think that's such a hard place to be because, you know, being a, you know, you and I, obviously we've, we've, we've already touched on this in this conversation that you with both of us being songwriters is that there really is something to be said about the, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a religious person at all, but yeah. Uh, songwriting to me is there, there, there is some sort of a spiritual kind of magical kind of thing to it because, you know, if everyone could do it, everyone would be a songwriter, you know? And so Mm -hmm. some musicians are happy just being musicians and happy going out on stage and playing, you know, whatever the fuck it is that they're told to play. You know, like if it's like, you know, you don't get any creative input. You just need to show up and play. Some musicians are just like, oh, I'm cool with that. I'll do that. You know, whereas like I think I couldn't do that as a musician because I'm a writer. And especially if I was told uh, or, or kind of hinted that, you know, you got to decide whether or not you want to do your thing or you want to do our thing, you know, then that kind of starts to feel like your creativity is being stifled. And I think Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's very admirable for you to say what you said. I love how you said that about how you, you'd rather play for, you know, 20 people that, you know, and playing your own material that came out of you rather than playing a large audience where you were playing songs that really the only input you had was plugging into the amplifier you know
1: exactly yeah and and i, I started to also you know that last tour i did in in europe uh i brought my friend he's from the philippines um, mm-hmm. and we uh he pl- he plays every instrument yeah I, I call him the ufo like his name is his name is nino Obenza uh he plays he writes his own songs as well We've, we became friends and mm-hmm. I, you know I'm, I'm, i recorded demos at his place and we just had a blast you know uh on tour like i've never you know had a blast on the miles kennedy tour for sure and then on that on that tour was because i would just talk to him you know about uh you know i had uh, relationship issues too you know uh so he would just make me laugh you know it uh so it was just uh, a blast uh, and and there was there was not many people actually the first show there was like i think one one person showed up uh for the first show <laughs> but then, then we we invited the promoter to jam on stage with us oh that's uh, great <laughs> so we, so we, played the whole, we played the whole gig for that one one lady that came and she was very you know she she, she was very happy and left with the with both the records and then our reaction you know uh, you know i told my friend or like or we yeah we talked to each other like yeah bro well we sold a record you know the, the, <laughs> with one person and we sold you know we we each sold a record and you know and then we ended up jammed, you know with the, at the promoter's place you know he got he get a record as well so that was that was another one you know
0: See, I'm telling you 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 sound you sound like my soul brother here because that's that's exactly like you know we just had our album release party for our our CD that came out in September and we were mm-hmm. so excited because we sold like six t-shirts and like 10 copies of our album. We were like, yes, we've sold so much. I mean, we we had like 30 people show up. We were like, I mean, we were, we were on top of the world, you know? And so, you know, I, I, but I get that because, you know, again, when I, when I have that feeling, it reflects back to me as a, as an artist that I'm going, yeah. That's that's my music that they're taking home with them. That's those are the words that I stayed up late at night writing in a notebook or like, you know, <clears> recounting <throat> a story in my mind that, you know, that exactly, I yeah. put to paper and now all of a sudden someone's taking it home with them and it's going to become part of their their soundtrack and that's that's a pretty heavy feeling, you know, when when you think yeah. about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely and I mean, I've been very used to uh, having the Blue Spills, uh, you know, sticker on or like, you know, people knowing about my, you know, me through Blue Spills. And I started to, uh, you know, on the Miles Kennedy tour. Uh, so it was, you know, bigger audience than uh, Blue Spills. Uh, and uh, me being the opener, I would I would talk to people after the show and a lot of people, you know, very, you know, they, they loved um Obviously, Miles, he's uh, awesome, life. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, a lot of people gave me compliments. very you know I was, uh, I'm shy by nature, uh, so I was just kind of walking around, and people would be like, "You were amazing," you know. And I was just like, "Oh, th- you know, th- thanks." And uh, <laughs> you know, they, they they would be like, "So what's your?" You know, uh, I would some I would not mention blues, blues pills all that much but you know i would i would say like yeah i played in blues pills you know and they just look at me like like i said like you know i play in uh in a banana on top of another banana
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, a re- like they just
1: like had no idea what blues pills is, and that, that was a bit refreshing too of like oh i can you know i don't need to you know oh, oh, some people also said yeah i saw you you know i've heard blues pills and all that stuff and that's great And uh, I just realized that, yeah, I can play my own music and people people enjoyed it, and uh, and yeah, that's that's you know going back to, I totally understand what you mean with the spiritual aspect of. uh, of I think it's yeah, that's what it's about as well.
0: It really is. It's about, it's about that, that that connection with yourself and that kind of, like you said, like spiritual side of things and just all those years of, of bottled up creativity finally getting to come out in this incredible EP. And so, um, God, I feel like I could talk to you all day, Dorian. You're such a fantastic <laughs> guy to talk to. I've really enjoyed this, man. Well, uh, thank you. But uh, me too. Well, so well, so look, look, did before we wrap things up. I mean, is it is it is it safe to say that 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 you you are okay with blues pills? Like you're on okay terms with where everything is going. Like you feel like it's. Um, I mean, you feel like it's a good place for you to be.
1: Well, it's it's not the most comfortable place I've ever been, you know. I'm uh at the moment mm-hmm. I'm just kind of putting things together. Uh but yeah, I mean I I think it's for the it's for the best, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Of how
1: things uh things have been and uh, where things are are going. It just it just kind of feels like well, uh I guess they don't need me anymore or if they you know they want me but um, yeah going back to being a musician you know it's it's of course you want to have success and you want to to be able to pay the bills that's the dream coming true but Mm -hmm. i just couldn't be very i just couldn't find so much happiness in in touring over and over and over playing songs that i just don't feel are mine you know as much as i try to put uh, creativity and my own spin on it it just uh, you know that's where so i do feel comfortable in that sense where yeah where things are going uh, as far as blue spills go uh i literally have no idea they they will they will do their thing mm-hmm. and uh, as far as where i'm going uh i believe i'll keep on writing my creative uh, you know, the juices.
0: Yes. Yes. So it's, so it has, so it's not really like an official thing where you're saying like you, you've left the band or that you've parted ways or anything like that. Nothing is really official yet or anything. So, cause I, I don't yeah. want people to get that opinion, uh, that thought unless it's actually stated. Do you know what I mean? Well-
1: yeah exactly that's why i'm being very vague <laughs> no and that's i think it's it gonna be official soon actually uh whenever they decide you know it's that's the boring stuff too you know of like oh management will get involved and all that stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm just like you know i remember the days where uh, none of us we were just eating pizza and uh because we had no money and we just did it for the love of music and right. uh if that's lost to them, or if that's lost somewhere in between, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fine with that. They make their decisions, and I mean, they're music lovers. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's just, uh, well, yeah. I guess, uh, I guess, for anyone out there that's listening to this podcast and loves, love, love, Blizz Bills, uh, just be aware of social media. As in the next few months, maybe something mm-hmm. will come up that, uh, you know.
0: Well, you know, and I always told, I always said that that that, that with things like this, the, the, the there's a bittersweet side to it because, as music fans and music lovers, we don't have to take, you know, like I always I always used like the Crosby, Stills, and Nash aspect of it like when when they were a, together and recording you'd get one great album but then when they broke apart you got three amazing albums you know so mm-hmm. you know if anything comes out of this you know oh, yeah. we'll I mean, get some incredible I mean, blues pills music in the future but we'll get some really incredible you know dorian sorio you know folk music you know and yeah my...
1: and uh, i'm not trashing away my you know my guitar uh skills and stuff like that <laughs> absolutely I'm, i mean i'm i'm uh once again i'm i can't be uh i'm biased uh, because i'm so involved in the in the emotionally too with the band uh that's you know I'm, i believe that they'll do some great they'll they'll put out some great records if, mm-hmm. if they want to and uh, Zach and Elon are very good songwriters. And uh, and so that's that's for the audience to keep listening to. And uh, absolutely, who knows where where things will go. You're right.
0: Well, hopefully the Blues Pills audience will also know that you are out doing your own thing and that they'll open their minds and their ears to hear what what it is you're doing. Because I think what you're doing is... is is incredible it's magical and it was really moving and it was uh one of my favorite releases of the year so um well thank you I have to say congratulations on on fulfilling a dream and for following your dream and um you know hey man just just keep it up and um please keep me posted and as stuff goes on because I want to I want to continue to follow you and see what's going on Maybe we'll have this yeah, talk that's... again in a year and see where you're at. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for
1: sure. I, hopefully, I have my whole record down, so then I, and uh, then I can send it to you, and we can have the yeah one year later conversation about how things went.
0: We might not even we might not even wait that long. We might even have to we might even have to have a whole nother conversation where we where we can just talk gear, and you know, oh yeah, that's the whole other yeah because <laughs> uh, that's that could be a whole nother hour long talk, man. You know? Yeah, so.
1: yeah, absolutely. I've been thinking about starting a podcast actually, but uh, I mean, I think it's just better to to talk with. Uh, it's great, you know, to be on someone else's podcast, so I don't have to to do the whole. Um, Yeah.
0: You don't don't have to do all the work. (laughs) (laughs) You can just be the musician. You don't have to do all the work and the editing and all that stuff, you know? (laughs)
2: <laughs> so thank you for
0: that well Dorian well thank you so much for being on, on on my podcast it was a pleasure to talk to you and I'm so glad we've connected and um, on, on many different levels and uh, best of luck to you and with, uh, um, uh, with Hungry Ghost and whatever comes, comes your way I hope everything works out well
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Well, great. Well, look, you have a great evening and uh, thanks for uh, being on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. you
2: hardly ever feel the need to love Until you the one that is reason enough. I saw you on the ground. You were laying down, crying our tears.